1: This money starts right now, live from the NASDAQ market site overlooking New York City's Times Square. I'm Melissa Lear. Traders on the desk are Tim Seymour, Karen Feinerman, Dan Nathan, and Guy Dami. We start tonight's show with the massive market rally, Powell saying the magic words patient and flexible. And stocks were off to the races. And this was after the markets were already up on a strong jobs number in hopes of a China deal. The Dow jumping 750 points. Uh, the S&P also up 3 percent. And the Nasdaq up a whopping 4 percent. Let's get straight to our s- senior economics correspondent, Steve Leisman, who is in Atlanta, where he attended the Fed panel earlier today. Hi, Steve.
0: Hey, Melissa, when you uh, said those words, patient and flexible, I, th- I thought of like a running back And a gymnast. That's what uh, they think Powell is now, I guess. Uh, Let's get to some of the key takeaways that uh, Powell said uh, today here in Atlanta. One, flexible on rates. Two, uh, inflation is muted, which allows him to be flexible on rates. Three, the balance sheet is up for discussion in a way that he hasn't perhaps said before. And as Melissa said uh, very correctly there, maybe the most important thing was he said the Fed can be patient. With the muted uh, inflation readings that we've seen coming in, uh, we will be patient as we watch to see how the economy evolves. Uh, But we're always prepared to shift the stance of policy and to shift it significantly if necessary in order to promote our statutory goals of maximum employment and stable prices. Of course, interesting to hear a dovish Fed chairman on a day when jobs were 312,000, almost double the expectation. Let's take one more look at those jobs reports because we can and we should. Very strong numbers, especially those revisions. Plus 58,000. Unemployment went up for all the right reasons because people came back into the workforce. And I want to show you this comment just because you think you may be out of the woods here around the table there. Look at what Oxford Economics is saying about rate hikes. The very strong labor market picture support our expectations that the Fed will keep a tightening bias in 2019 and hike rates twice next year. So, guys, I don't know if Powell was telling the markets what it wanted for the current situation, but I do think if these strong data continue,
1: we may be back talking about something else, not rate cuts next year but maybe rate hikes or this hiking year Hiking twice t- uh, yeah, hiking twice this year, right? That's cuz Oxford Economics said next year. Yeah. They meant Oh, I'm year. so
0: sorry. No, yeah, no, no, I the, guess okay. that's a mistake he made in his uh, Exactly. I mean, we just yes, yeah, I, I mean, it's I've still been new year, you bang. know, where you
1: get confused. But you know what was interesting Steve is that you know, I I listened to the panel. I didn't actually watch the panel, so I didn't realize that Powell was actually reading off a statement when he, reading off a piece of paper when he said those words it's almost as if he want he wrote this statement to come to where the markets are he did this very very carefully
0: and deliberately i think you're right melissa i think that um maybe the chairman has been a little bit off-the-cuff, a little extemporaneous, a little ad-lib, ad-hoc, pick your words there, when it comes to speaking to the markets. Um, You remember that the comment he made that was so controversial, the one about the Fed um, being a long way from neutral, was made uh, when he was speaking to essentially a lay audience, not to markets. And I think that Powell may have learned his lesson here, maybe speaking with a little more precision. Now, it's funny, you know, on the balance sheet, for example, kind of met the, the the market halfway here. He said, look, we don't think it's a problem now. But if we do think it's a problem, then we would not hesitate to change it. Previously in other statements, remember he said it's on autopilot back in December. Uh, and, and then the Fed's own policy statement, the FOMC, says that they're not really going to alter the balance sheet unless they begin to cut rates sizably. So that is a change and an important change, but only if they judge that the balance sheet runoff as it stands now is a problem.
1: You know, it's funny. I I don't think that Powell met the markets in the middle. It seems like Powell went all the way to where the markets were. I mean, effectively putting everything on the table, saying that everything is data dependent effectively. They're willing to change their policy stance as conditions warrant. That's data dependent on balance sheet and rates. I mean, that's what it sounds like to me.
0: Right. But see, I always thought, Melissa, and I guess it depends on uh, what you, th- where you think the Fed was and what you heard the Fed say previously. Mm-hmm. I always thought rate hikes were data dependent. Before that, the Fed was not saying the balance sheet was. So that's when I say sort of halfway. They, right. they, were, they didn't really change, in my opinion, on the rates part, but it looks like they are about to change. And by the way, we're going to need to listen to the committee, whether or not the committee agrees with this new idea that the balance sheet is up for uh, discussion here.
1: All right, Steve, thank you very much. Steve Leesman, Atlanta, for us. So the question is now, is the Powell put back in the market? Is this the all-clear signal to buy stocks once again? Guy.
2: Yeah, I I don't think so. I mean, I didn't think the market was going up. which question?
1: Both questions? I don't
2: think it's the all-clear sign, and I don't think the Fed put is back in place, my opinion. I didn't think the S&P was going up 85 handles today. You know, we alluded to the fact that, you know, given the market turmoil, maybe President Trump would make some comment about the renewed interest in doing a deal with China. You sort of got that. That was probably 20% of this rally. But to your point, I think the Fed was speaking with the the, the language that the market wanted to hear. Now, it's interesting you talk about autopilot. I mean, sometimes, you know, every plane you get on, the guys and gals in the cockpit, they flip on autopilot and they hang out. Sometimes there's a little turbulence, they got to get the the controls. But they put the autopilot back on, and I think that's going to be exactly what happens with this Fed. I do think they're on autopilot in terms of reducing the balance sheet, and I think they should be. In terms of the
3: rates. I want we'll you see. to know we're all counting on you.
2: You see, Tim got that. <laughs> it's an right. I appreciate so, that.
3: So, look, I, I, to me, today I watched the Fed. I watched the market reaction. And it's impossible for me to believe that this Fed is any different today than they were two weeks ago. I totally agree with my friend they're Guy. They're sending a very different message. Well, they're talking about the balance sheet. And the word flexible is very important. But if you think that the Fed put is back in play and suddenly it's central bank mania all over again, you're going to get crushed. Because the bottom line here is the market needs to understand,
1: first of all... What do you understand as a Fed put, just before we proceed with this conversation, because I think that's an important part, is the Fed put the notion that the Fed is watching the markets, the Fed is watching economic conditions, and will change its stance according to those conditions, or is the Fed put easy easy monetary policy?
3: Uh, Great. Uh, question to clarify. The Fed put to me is a Fed that is market responsive and and market duress and will jump in there independent of a call they are making on the economy which is a call that's based largely on a couple things including labor. Uh, And we're at the highest labor wage gains we've had in over a decade so since the crisis it's never been hotter than it is right now and I realize that the labor market is maybe coincident at best and it could be lagging and it doesn't tell you about tomorrow but this is what the Fed looks at. So to me everybody that thinks that two Two weeks ago, Powell didn't give them what they wanted and they freaked out. Um, I think are the same people that freaked out today. And I think it's somewhere in the
4: middle. I really do. I mean, to me, I, I think he gave a very different message today. I think so too. The Fed, the balance sheet was off the table two weeks ago. I think it was pretty clear then. The balance sheet was off the table. I don't think that's the case anymore. However, I wonder how bad does it need to get before they actually stop QT, right? Mm-hmm. Might be pretty bad. So, this is not an at the money put, right? You, we would need right. some downside sure. before that put would kick in. So, I mean, uh, just this action today, though, I mean, they had a lot of things go right. I guess big, you know, maybe oversold conditions, but then also you had the data out this morning. That was really good. But to have this two day action to have the market essentially be flat, I hate that kind of market. I absolutely hate that kind of market. I think it's a much riskier market. And I'd rather that that normally I love to buy when things are really down a lot. But in this kind of market, I I certainly wouldn't want to buy on a day like today. That's scary to me. I, I mean, I to me still, though, the number one issue is trade.
5: Yeah, so the, the price action over the last few days, I think it's disastrous for the Bulls. And I'm not saying that we're going to see a meaningful like sell-off or correction anytime soon from these points. I, I think that you know you want to have, I, and the buying today was panic. And, and, and if you think about the last few weeks, you might have said that from December 17th to the lows right around Christmas or something like that, that that was panic selling. But when you think about most of 2018, when we had sell-offs that were fairly orderly, you just don't like to see this sort of panic buying. It's not sustainable, right? So at the end of the day, we know that the earnings are going to be the most important thing for at least our stock market in the near term. Obviously, there's nothing that we're going to get on trade. I, I agree. You know, there's a good conversation about the Fed. It is a little different from October 3rd. It's different than from a few weeks ago, but it's just marginally different. The fact that he showed up with some prepared remarks, they realized that they want to be, yeah. you know, a little tighter on their messaging. And I think the tighter that they get, the better it's going to be. But that being said, we talked about this last night with the 10 year going the way it has gone with equities over the last few weeks is it's just showing you how fragile the recovery is and showing you how fragile the stock market is. And a dovish Fed at this point just tells you that they're just not that confident when even when they see the jobs data that's part of their dual mandate this morning, you know, uh, David Rosenberg of Gluffton Chef, I know a lot of people think he's just perma bear. He's been highlighting over the last few weeks that the job gains that we have been seeing are such low quality this late in the cycle. It's just not good. And it is backward looking, especially when you're gaining these like multiple job workers and all. It's just not good. But the Fed can take some
4: cover, though, with inflation, right? There is no sign of inflation getting out of control here. So given that that's half their dual mandate... And, it gives them and, a lot of flexibility and I'm not sure
3: which is the tailor which is the dog but but let's be clear lower energy prices are certainly pushing deflationary forces at least on 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 the headline inflation maybe not at the core the the European uh, essentially the eurozone printed a minus point4 on their PPI this morning and again I realize that there's a lot of volatility in these numbers but um, I, I the good news for the market is that look, for for the better part of the last decade, we've been waiting for inflation to appear. And on some level, we would like that. To be clear, I'd much rather have an inflation scare than a growth scare. And the markets would as well. So we want to see some inflation here, folks. And actually, on some level, you really want the Fed to be front-footed, not back-footed. But what you want is the Fed not to overreact. And so if today gets the market to a place where I think they were um, certainly psychologically of the view that this Fed was going to be robotic and autopilot and whatever you want to call it, and not thought and not truly data dependent, then that's that's an important part of what happened. I today. think the
1: other acknowledgement that that came very clear came across clearly today was that Powell said that he monitored the markets. The markets were actually a real input in this whole thing. Why, you, no, he, no be, you're right. No, he said as you're right. as we as we enter warning season, yeah. and we got it with Apple. As we enter earnings season, you want to know right that they are looking they are looking at these conference calls. They're talking to people. They're they're listening to what the markets are saying. At least that they that yeah. they hear it. It is. Part of the data of being data dependent.
2: I agree, and my pushback would be: we've conditioned corporate America. Dan might disagree with me. Over the last eight or nine years, it's, they're so used to rates being where they are that any glitch—I I shouldn't use the word—any move Fake in word rates, they can't cope. I mean, they—you know—you have to get it a point. It may not be rates,
1: though. It may be China. I mean, what was yeah. Apple? Apple wasn't rates. So, Apple so it's funny China. that you mentioned,
5: though, that corporates can't deal with the rate increases. You know, the talk about this corporate debt bomb, the refinancing over a trillion dollars in corporate debt next year, we haven't even gotten to see how corporates can deal with that because they've had this huge borrowing binge because uh, rates have been so low. They've been buying back their own stock. And I think that's part of what's going on here. We haven't even seen that yet.
2: That's coming in two thousand and nine, that, And that's the lazy part, you know, when you just when money's cheap and all you do instead of focus. Focusing on your business and trying to, you know, have a five-year plan, you're just buying back stock and increasing your dividend, that's not doing anybody any good. It might be great for the stock market, but you've made, in my opinion, one of the many unintended consequences of the past Fed is made corporate America lazy.
1: And funnily enough, I mean, Apple really encapsulates both these problems, right? The laziness of corporate uh, financial engineering buying back stock, I mean, what they spent... How much? $63 billion last year buying back. Or so the they does not leave in a levered
4: situation. No, 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 no right. not, okay. not at all.
1: But they could have invested elsewhere. And they, had they, to have both, China. they had enough to do both,
4: They had enough to do both. They could have. They, they did, and they could have. Uh, right. They have do enough to do both. But one guy makes one very interesting point often. Only. Yeah.
2: Uh, <laughs> sorry, or, no, rarely, I, but often. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, do
4: I, you want to hear what it is? <laughs> you are point. Point? I'd love to. Just to me. know
1: that it was a good point. Does markets
4: cause a recession, <laughs> yeah. or do a, does a recession cause markets yeah. to sell off? And so, to the extent that the Fed is looking at markets, how they react, Maybe they believe there is some element of markets causing a recession. I believe there's something to that. CEOs are human. They get scared. They sort of want to pull back back. spending. They want to pull back spending. All
1: right, coming up, new year, new market. Stocks are now up 8% from the December lows, and you won't believe which names are leading the charge. Plus, this semi-stock has been hanging tough amid the market sell-off, and Wall Street is warming up to the name, and so is one of our traders. We've got the oh. details. And later, housing stocks have been demolished, nearly cut in half since their 52-week highs a year ago, and it could be about to get even worse for these names. We will explain. We're live on the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. Much more Fast Money right after this.
6: What does it mean to be rich?
1: Welcome back to Fast. We've got a market flash on General Electric. The stock is up 4% after hours. Apollo is uh, reportedly considering a bid for its jet leasing unit, which could be worth as much as $40 billion. The stock has been making quite a comeback, up 18% since the market lows in December. Tim, you're still in GE, so what do you think?
3: Well, look, the expediency or the urgency of which they do seem to be moving the balance sheet around or trying to is very important. And this is a company that we thought, hey, you know, it can't happen quickly. Well, now maybe it's, you know, with 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 this kind of a restructuring program in place and by the way maybe more than we expected for these assets then there's some technical factors i think a lot of people believe that the tax loss selling for all that people talk about this and try to chalk it up to what the markets are doing the last week of the year if there's one story where you could probably attach that to it probably is ge so i think they're really if you look at where uh, the selling pressure was and really where uh, positioning is right now mm-hmm. it, it's very very flat in this name
1: would you yes. uh, be looking around GE at some I point? I have
4: some GE leaps okay. that are quite out of the money now. Yeah, I mean, I like the story in that the risk-reward is interesting because you buy the leaps, you know exactly what you can risk, what exactly what you can lose. But if they're able to get this leverage under control, the equity starts to get some value. The bank to the buck, the stock is very high. So good for them for, I don't know, moving with, with haste.
1: Speaking of comebacks, markets in rally mode today. With all three major indices going parabolic, the S&P 500 now up nearly 8% from December lows as a number of big-name stocks have been leading the charge higher. Shares of Netflix and Newfield Exploration both up more than 20%, while the aforementioned GE and MGM up 18%, with Chipotle and Kohl's also up double digits. So, of course, Great what better time, time to, for us to play a yeah. game of...
2: What, what are we going to play? Trade <laughs> it Oh. Trade it or fade Love it. This game. Do you understand you know how it works? No, please start with Tim.
1: <laughs> we're going to start with Guy, and we're going to start with Netflix. Guy, trade it or fade it. Well, you
2: know what? I'm going to go right out of the chute, and I'm going to say trade it. I'm going to get. I'm. I'm. They're all going to yell at me. No, no. no I, I hear where it's coming, but I will tell you that it feels like for the short term, at least, put it in the bottom. You had a decent volume capitulation about a week and a half, two weeks ago. I think, although it's still in a pretty significant downtrend, there's still about eight to ten percent on the upside. I think you trade it into earnings release.
1: It traded well yesterday's session. Then Goldman put it on its conviction buy list today, which accounts for part of that 9%, 10% gain.
5: Yeah,
2: and there was a note out two days ago, I think
5: it was from SunTrust, kind of questioning what uh, sub-ads may look like. And then obviously focused on um, just the content spend. I mean, it's going to be, what, $15, $16 billion. I mean, this story is going to become really difficult, especially as we talk about credit. You know, I mean, they're very dependent, right, on the credit markets, high-yield credit markets, um, to fund that expansion so i'm a fading in oh. here and i think you guys got to be really careful taking some of these controversial names into earnings well
3: i mean this this is this is the epitome of what the market didn't like and if you you know guy you must think that the market has completely changed its character which no. i don't think you do no. uh-huh. therefore i fade it because in fact I, I think this stock had the most to fall the most to all
1: right next up uh. is karen Coles. <laughs> trade it or fade it karen
4: I am going to trade it. Okay. Oof. I just think it's kind of over. I mean, it's cheap to itself. Oh. It's cheap to the market. Oh. I, I
6: th- wow. It's that's quite a reaction. It's not Making castor sense. oil. It's coal. Right, right. You <laughs> know, it's sorry. not. Just
4: looking at it as a risk-reward, I think it's sort of compelling. You look at things like the data today, that's good for coal. The American consumer's out there and employed and getting a little more higher, higher in wages. And I don't know. I think put that all together, it's better than fade it. So I would trade it. Oh, I, you know, All those grunts
3: and sure groans were all about uh, fading. it. I just think this entire sector is under so much pressure. I think they've got labor costs. I think they've got competitive forces. They are all killing each other every single day. You fade this thing not because of the global economy. You fade it because of the sector.
1: All right, Dan's up next. Okay, and Chipotle Dan. is the name. Trade it or fade it. CMG.
3: I thought I said no opinion on this
5: one, but, I, you know, I mean, at this point, I don't find I some of these no rallies on that, that impressive when you look at Chipotle's rally off of the low. So, I, you know, again, I mean, this has been a very controversial name. It's been a very volatile name. Um, I just don't see it. So I, I'm fading it here. Yeah, that's,
1: that's, it never got super cheap. No, it didn't. Never. You're no. right. You're right on that. So all you would fade it to. How about you, Guy?
2: Well, I loved. I, I like Qdoba, as you know. Extra
1: chicken. <laughs> Extra chicken. No, tomatoes, no, beans, no beans.
2: Medium salsa.
1: Oh, I didn't know about the salsa. That's medium good to know. salsa. How does your
3: system handle that? <laughs> I mean, Not particularly some very well. System, but I,
2: but I, you know, but I do what I have so to do. So you trade no. the burrito? No, I will well, trade. Would I'll, I'll, well, <laughs> I mean, since everybody's unfaded, I'll say, look, can it? Can you still see another five to six percent on the upside? Yeah, but I'm sort of in their camp. I think it's still an
3: expensive stock, so I'd rather fade than trade.
1: Next contestant is Tim MGM, traded or faded?
3: This is a little bit probably controversial for me. I'm going to trade this one. I I actually think that the the pressure coming from Macau and coming from Asia on all the gamers, whether they deserve that or not, I think MGM certainly has that exposure. I think the worst is over on this, and and I think we're starting to see a turn, but valuations make this very interesting here.
1: All right, coming up, Apple getting smashed this week, but if you own the stock, don't worry, we'll tell you how to get your money back without spending a dime. How's that work? On
3: this show? No. No. Oh, okay. (laughs)
1: I'm Melissa Lee. You're watching Fast Money on CNBC. First in Business Worldwide. Here's what else is coming up on Fast. There's no place like home.
3: There's no place
2: like home. Well, actually, Dorothy, home builders have been getting demolished this year. And it could be about to get even worse for two names. Plus...
3: You ain't nothing but a hound
2: dogger. The dogs of the Dow have been left in the dust. But the Chartmaster says the classic theory is about to make a comeback. He will explain. There's much more Fast Money right after this.
6: What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with P. a leading global asset manager. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you.
1: Welcome back to Fast Money. Housing stocks getting demolished. The XHB Home Builders ETF down almost 30% in the past year. While KB Home and Lennar are both down more than 40% off their 52-week highs hit back in January of last year. Both those Home Builders report earnings next week. So are these names a no-touch, Tim?
3: I tell you what. What's happening for the housing sector right now, based upon where rates were certainly before today, people were starting to get a little bit more excitement about uh, excited about uh, refinancing and mortgage rates, and that actually that's something that this sector could use. I think structurally the home builders have issues. I think they have issues that are not related to 2008. They're not balance sheet issues. Uh, I think it's the housing affordability complex, and I think there's. Uh, still some issues for people.
5: You know, uh, seasonally, we're going into a really strong period. I know Tom Lee, a uh, friend of the show, Funstrat had some data about home builders. This is about a month ago, from like late October to about mid to late April. The sector over the last 20 years has uh, averaged rallies about 20% or so. So they obviously haven't participated. They've showed maybe some relative strength. They haven't made new 52-week lows. Maybe as we get deeper into the new year and things settle a little bit on the rate front, this is a group that starts to work.
1: You've got hope for them
5: then. Well, I'm just trying to be a little contrarian. Dan, no, As no <laughs> not, not really. I like when Dan has salt. I mean, listen, it was one of the first sectors that really went bust last year. And People think pay about attention it, when how Dan far has it,
3: Oh, yeah?
1: Oh, it's yeah, so rare. Yeah, it's, so it's so rare, like it's so rare yeah, it's like that it's really noteworthy when it happens.
3: It's kind of like, remember we used to talk about green shoots? You know, right. back yeah. Yeah. Kind of like, New beginnings. New beginnings. That was, that was like 2010-11. <laughs> so so it really was.
5: Yeah, fast
1: money classic. guy. I don't have as Speaking much hope. Speaking of Fast Money Classic. I mean, Pulte <laughs> Holmes has gone
2: from 22 to 27 and yeah. a half in the last couple of weeks. So maybe you already saw the move there, Dan.
1: Final trade, Tim.
3: i tell you, I have hope for retail. The XRT has outperformed the S&P since the lows on Christmas Eve. And look at what happened. I think the retailers are going to give you strong Christmas Eve numbers. I think you can
4: go there. Chairwoman. Yes, I think you can go with CBS. Clearly hasn't worked, but I think this rate, it is just too low. And I would not be surprised to see some sort of deal here during the year.
5: Dan. Uh, yeah, Intel. Interesting upgrade for Merrill Lynch today. Stick around for OA. We're going to tell you how to play it.
2: Oh, that's a tease. It's time for you to e. tease your show. What do you, what? show? I, you know, it is, yeah. LA is my favorite. You know, I mean, it comes know. on in about uh, a few minutes. You might want to spin my graphic there. I mean, I'm a huge OA fan. You know, I love well, you OA. You can't remember what you're going to call it. I remember oh. it's an Anadarko.
1: APC, it's how it comes out. out. Back to you, Mel. Well See back here Monday at 5 from Warpath. Don't move. Options Action starts right after this.